So welcome to this week's podcast, Moving Through Menopause. I'm excited to be joined by Eileen Durwood. And Eileen works for A Vogel and she's their menopause expert. So she is just the person to talk to this morning. Hello, Eileen. How are you? Hi, Philippa. And thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited about this. Oh, me too. It's so lovely to chat, isn't it? We love to chat. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so our favorite topic, of course, is uh, menopause and managing menopausal symptoms. Uh, non-hormonal management is what we're talking about today specifically and the use of nutrition and supplementation where appropriate so i know this is something that you have had a lot of experience uh working with women and um uh, over the years and so i'm so excited for you to share your expertise with us today and so let's just dive straight in our first topic is we're talking all about bones yes Keeping your bones healthy in the menopause and postmenopause is really important because you still want to be agile and fit as you grow old gracefully. The problem when estrogen starts to change is that in normal circumstances, it has a protective effect for our bones. When our estrogen starts to fall, that protection decreases mm. and we can become much more vulnerable to conditions such as osteoporosis, to joint aches and pains, to um, arthritis. So looking after our bones through nutrition and exercise can work very well during the perimenopause and the menopause. So what we need to look at first and foremost, and this will crop up with practically every single symptom is water. Oh. Falling estrogen affects our body's ability to keep itself hydrated. So if you start to get dehydrated at cellular level, one of the first places that this shows up is in the joints. And we find that joint aches and pains is probably in the top five menopause symptoms. And very often it's not connected to the menopause, people don't pick it up. They just think, oh, it's, it's an aging process. And what happens is that the ligaments and the tendons and the cartilage in the joints get dehydrated. And this affects the range of movement and it also affects the, the joints themselves. So they can end up getting wear and tear. So one of the first things we say to people is always make sure you're drinking plenty of plain water. And this can sometimes work within days at helping with joint aches and pains. It's a really swift remedy. So that's for the joints themselves. Mm. If you end up getting aches and pains continually, there's a herb called devil's claw, which is a natural anti-inflammatory. And that's, that can be taken along with HRT and most other medications. For bone strength itself, then we look at diet. So you're aiming for foods that are rich in calcium, mm. but they need to also be rich in magnesium. You can take high calcium supplements, but if you don't have a corresponding amount of magnesium, calcium very often doesn't get to the bones. So magnesium is the bus that takes the calcium to the bones oh, and nature is wonderful because most of the high calcium foods 
are also full of magnesium. So you're looking at your dark green leafy vegetables, you're looking at nuts and seeds, you are looking at a little bit of dried fruit. We don't recommend a lot of dried fruit because it's very high in sugar, mm. but a, a couple of figs on a daily basis will give you a really nice serving of calcium and magnesium. You can look at things like your pulses, your lentils, your chickpeas, um, and some of the grains um, as well. And um, some people think that dairy is really important. The problem with dairy is that it has practically no magnesium in it. So if you start to take high dairy products in order to yeah. um, give yourself calcium, you can actually cause problems because there's, there's very little magnesium. So mm. dairy products, we would say, yes, if you're not um, vegan, you can have them in your diet, but don't rely on them for your major um, calcium and, and magnesium. The other thing that a lot of women do, we can't always have a, a really healthy diet because sometimes we don't feel like it, sometimes we're really tired. So a lot of women do take calcium and magnesium supplements during the menopause. Just make sure that they're good quality from a reputable company. Most of them now for um, menopausal women will have vitamin D in them, which is really important. Mm. Um, you need vitamin D as well for the bones. And a lot of them have vitamin K in as well. So it's a nice little package. Yeah, I was going to ask about the vitamin K, actually, because that's necessary also, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, the, the, one of the things I find is strange is that I've been in the business a long time. And over the years, more and more research comes out to give us different things to, to help with, with the whole package, if you like. So um, certainly these combined supplements that are formulated specifically for joint health are a, a really good idea. But don't go too high purely because if you end up taking too much calcium and magnesium, that could cause um, certain issues. So I would normally recommend about 500 milligrams of calcium in a supplement to approximately 250 milligrams of magnesium wow. and then your vitamin D and your vitamin K as well. Yeah, and, and obviously um, it's important that people seek medical advice if, if they're in any doubt, uh, any existing medical conditions or medications, or even talking to the pharmacist, actually. The pharmacists are a great resource, aren't they, that, that are underutilised? Yes, uh, uh, absolutely. And I think, especially at this particular time, it can be really difficult to get to well, see the doctor. So, Yes, but it is a, a lot of women as they reach the menopause may be on other medication for other health issues um, and not everything is suitable. So, yeah. yes, always double check yeah. um, with the pharmacist or, you know, your local health food shop. A lot of the people who work in the health food shops are very knowledgeable yeah. and very often they can give you that little, little bit of extra good advice, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I, I suppose something I wonder about sometimes is whether we should take supplements with food, without food, in a, just the time of day make a difference. Do you have any thoughts around that? With tablets, calcium and magnesium are kind of big molecules, if you like. So they need um, good stomach acid in order to 
break them down yeah. otherwise um the tablets can go straight through you so if you're taking things like calcium and magnesium i know it's a horrible thought um <laughs> but it, it, if you've ever seen a calcium and magnesium tablet they're mm. huge i and know they're really solid i tend to recommend either going for a capsule Okay. Um, because that's powder but you a lot of companies now do powder that you can um just mix with water or, or fruit juice or, or do something like that okay. but tablets and capsules on the whole are best taken straight after a good meal so if you only have a piece of toast and a cup of tea for breakfast taking your calcium and magnesium supplement then is probably not such a good idea so you you can wait until either your lunch or your main evening meal Mm, yeah just it makes sense really to me if you think about uh, the fact that you want it to be absorbed into the system uh, yeah yeah okay oh that's fabulous thank you um and so coming on to hot flushes i mean this is something that's uh, not everybody uh has uh challenges with but i know that lots of people do and it can be quite debilitating actually can't it for women so uh, what kinds of things can we do to help our hot flushes, Eileen? Hot flushes and nights, but 75% of women will experience them at some point um, during the menopause. But, you know, we get women, they, they're worried because they don't get hot flushes. Is there something <laughs> wrong with me that I'm not having them? And you go, lucky ones, believe me. Again, the problem is that falling oestrogen can affect there's a gland in the brain called the hypothalamus mm -hmm. and it also it controls a lot of different aspects of our hormonal cycles in the body and one of the things it does is controls our temperature regulation yeah. so when estrogen starts to fall the hypothalamus very often goes into overdrive and our temperature regulation goes all over the place it's a bit like if your gas central heating um if the thermostat goes wonky you either end up too hot or or, or too cold and, and it's it's the same thing yeah. but in the menopause our nervous system is also pulled into the whole process and very often your nervous system gets stuck on flight or fight which means that anything can trigger it at any moment and very often that releases a surge of adrenaline and adrenaline will also trigger flushes and sweats. Oh. So what I usually say to women, one of the best herbs for hot flushes and night sweats is sage. Mm -hmm. So you can take that on a, a daily basis. We have a licensed product which we can actually make claims for. We can say this can help with hot flushes and, and sweats. But it's also really important to make sure that the flushes are not being caused by other things. So I always recommend that for a couple of weeks, you do a hot flush diary. So every day you write down truthfully what you eat and drink and when you eat and drink it. Also how you feel emotionally. And then you write down when you get the flushes and sweats. And very often... A lot of women find that they will get a hot flush or sweat at specific times of the day. Right. So you get a lot of women who get them as soon as they wake up in the morning. Mm. That can be due to dehydration. It can be due to low blood sugars. It can be due to your nervous system kicking in. Some women find they get them mid-morning. 
maybe half an hour after they've had a cup of coffee and a sticky bun. So, you know, caffeine, high sugar, anxiety, dehydration. So remember the water, they can all trigger um, flushes. So doing the diary then will give you the tools to manage your hot flushes better. Mm. And what we find is that a lot of women just cutting out the coffee and the high sugar foods can work within two or three days of reducing flushes and, and sweat. So although there are super remedies, there's a lot you can do yourself to, to stop them. Yeah, and I love, I love that you say that, uh, bearing in mind that you do work for the company. So it's, it's really heartening to hear that you are giving this lifestyle advice um, first and foremost. Because like, as indeed you say, there are lots of lifestyle measures that people can uh, make changes, simple changes that can really make an uh, influence these symptoms. And I know, you know, from my own personal experience, caffeine, alcohol, high salt was something that played with me. And that's obviously feeding into the dehydration piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and stress as well is, is massively influential, incre increasing the cortisol levels. And so uh, the nighttime, early hours of the morning and into the, uh, you know, the early morning, that's when the cortisol levels are peaking in the system. And so if we're running, uh, you know, in that fight or flight, as you say, then those sweats at those times may indeed be uh, driven by not only the lack of estrogen, but this increase in cortisol. Yeah. Um, and so stress management techniques as well, actually, can, can really be very beneficial too. Is that something you have? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things I'd really plug is um, 30 minutes me time a day. Um, they've actually, and it's the one, um, I read this book once, which said that all menopausal women should go away for a year and find themselves. <laughs> and every woman that I've said that to have gone, oh yes, please take me away. But if I say to them, have 30 minutes a day me time, just shut yourself away from the outside world, meditate, um, just focus on something, listen to beautiful music they find all the excuses under the sun. I'm too busy, I, I can't actually do this. And there was a study in America and I was so pleased to find it because it actually verified what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And there was this um, study at this university in America and they found that 30 minutes a day, me time, meditating, focusing, mindfulness, reduced mm -hmm. cortisol levels within a few days and by the end of the week, the majority of the women, their hot flushes had decreased by over 50%. Mm. So yeah. that 30 minutes me time is probably one of the biggest gifts that women can give themselves during the menopause. Yeah, I, and that's right. And uh, unfortunately for lots of us, we find ourselves run ragged at this time of life with, uh, you know, saying goodbye to children, maybe caring for old, older relatives, uh, holding down a full-time job and uh, everything that goes along with that so it, it is a real challenge and and also I think we've got kind of a little bit lost with um, with the distractions of modern life that we allow ourselves to be distracted all the time and then call that being too busy to do something for yourself you know <laughs> so uh, yeah 
I, I think too is it as um, I usually say to women where are you on your list of priorities every yeah. day and most women aren't even on the list never mind being yeah, last. never mind at the bottom <laughs> yeah. so it's I always say I am giving you permission to put yourself first so um, yeah. and for 30 minutes a day and so find a time when when suits you and and there's always I've I found for me I did definitely practice a daily meditation for a time when I things were at the worst or the height or whatever you want to call it and uh, and for me I would manage to put the dinner on in the oven I set the timer for 20 minutes okay it wasn't quite half an hour and then I knew that was a window when really if I if I was I had time and I came I used to go into the neighboring room and lie on the on the mat and do my meditation uh, with an app on the on the mobile phone, you know, and uh, and that made a huge, huge difference uh, to to how things were going. Now, I must confess, I did I did just about take my own body weight in sage during that time as well. (laughs) But, you know, all of that taken together were made that meant that the flushes really were not a problem, not a problem at all. Yeah, yeah. Very often, it, it, it's there's no one quick fix for, for these menopause symptoms, and very often it's a combination of little things mm. that, when you put them all together, um, can make such a huge difference. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. So, uh, moving on to memory, before I forget. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, so so you're on the internet doing those tests. Have I got dementia? I mean, seriously, because it's so bad that you mm-hmm. actually think there is something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. this is, is another really common one. And I know for the majority of women, it's just a phase. So, mm. be, you know, that that's one positive thing out of it. But I, I just found that it was like someone had pulled the plug on my brain and there was nothing in it. Um, but when you start to panic and it can be really horrible it can be very embarrassing especially Mm. if you're at work Mm. if you're um talking to people if you're giving presentations and suddenly you know everything um goes blank what happens then is we start to panic Mm. the adrenaline then kicks in and that makes it worse so Mm. i just used to say to people i'm having a black hole moment I'll, i'll be with you in a minute and i would try and laugh about it and by doing that everything um, calms down but for brain health the most important thing again is water because remember falling estrogen is dehydrating us our brain needs an awful lot of water in in order to function and the again the difference it can make within a couple of days to this kind of foggy thinking um can be really um quite spectacular so that's one of the things to to bear in mind there is a herb called ginkgo biloba which um, its common name is called the memory tree um, because it was used in in the Far East for hundreds of years as as an aid for memory. Um, And this is a really nice one that that can work well. So women can take this um, alongside, you know, if they're on HRT or or most other medications. But again, just double check it's okay for you. Um, And it usually starts to show benefit after about four weeks. All it's doing is it's helping to open up um, the blood vessels to the brain. So the brain ends up getting more nutrients. It gets more oxygen. That all helps. Mm. The other thing with brain function is 
in in today's world we tend to shallow breathe a lot especially mm -hmm. when 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 we're busy mm -hmm. so you're at work and everything's going on shallow breathing and then suddenly your 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 brain freezes it's remembering to do lots of really deep breathing to keep the brain oxygenated. Mm. I suppose um, so you, you did talk about the blood vessels in the brain, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And uh, opening up, uh, increasing the circulation essentially to the brain. And so obviously exercise has a part to play in uh, protecting the, the brain, which, mm -hmm. is, which is obviously my uh, sphere of, of expertise as a physiotherapist. Um, and even just standing will increase the flow of oxygen to the brain. So I know that there is um, quite a move to, uh, to offer alternatives to sitting at your desk all day. And mm -hmm. if, if a standing or a, even a, an adjustable desk that you can have a choice around whether you stand or sit at work, um, just standing will actually increase the flow of oxygen to the brain. And if, you, if you're on a phone call, then uh, that's often something that you might be able to do at your desk standing, even if you don't have a desk that goes up and down. Um, and so just increasing the flow of oxygen to the brain and like, uh, as you say, with the deep breathing. Um, yes, so we, we so, so unconscious about how we go about our day that we, um, go about our day mindlessly and oftentimes we can go without taking a breath for quite a long time without knowing it yeah, uh, definitely um so yes simple things again really yeah. simple things yeah yeah, yeah. simple things I, I love that and I suppose this is very closely connected with uh with mood it, mood is something that's um you know menopausal women may indeed suffer from low mood uh, and, and anxiety, unexplained anxiety is definitely something that uh, that I experience for myself. Um, and so what kinds of suggestions might you have to help? Again, falling oestrogen. Oestrogen um, is, is a, a bit like a, an antidepressant. If you think about it in, in the monthly cycle, when your oestrogen is at the highest, which is mid-month, that's when you feel your best. And as oestrogen starts to fall towards a period, your mood can decrease. Mm. So in the menopause, there's this continual fall. So it's almost like we're, we're coming off um, these lovely hormones that keep our, our mood up. So our mood can go down. What can happen too is that we have less control over our emotions. So a lot of women can get more irritable, more angry, a lot of women find that they cry over nothing you know they can just burst into tears or they can't watch the news anymore or the news makes them feel really low so that there's all these mood issues that, that can creep in and a lot of women get the uncontrollable anxiety you know they'll say to me listen I don't have anything to worry about but you know I'm worrying that it's going to be the end of the world I'm worrying about what's going to happen to my family. So these low mood and anxiety can be really horrible because you can't pinpoint mm. where, where, it's, where it's coming from. Mm. So you feel a lot more helpless in, in this situation because you know yeah. women are quite good at controlling our emotions on a regular basis. There are a number of things you can do. There is a herb called Hypericum, which is the St. John's wort, which is really nice for low mood. 
the one thing to watch about this is that there are a lot of contraindications with other medications, including HRT. So this is only one that you can try if um, you're not on anything else that's been prescribed by the doctor. Mm. We also do a range of anxiety remedies such as the herb Passiflora, the herb Avena Sativa. So these are nice gentle ones that can help. Magnesium is really vital for just about everything in the menopause. So a nice um, magnesium supplement. Again, if you're taking it with calcium, that, that's absolutely great. Yeah, you've got it. Um, water, again, because if we're dehydrated, that affects our adrenals. The nervous system then ends up getting more um, uncontrolled. Mm. Um, the one thing to watch here, though, is that if it gets to the point where the anxiety takes over, if there is depression, if you feel that you don't want to get up in the morning, if you feel that you can't cope, then natural remedies are not really going to help. And that, this is one time where we say to people, please do speak to your doctor. Don't suffer with this because there are things that you can get that will help you to get through it. Yeah, that's right. It, it... I think um, I think a bit like you said, we 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 cope and we cope and we cope, uh, and then you. But there are times when it is appropriate to seek that that additional help, and that there is help available uh, from from your doctor. Uh, we can only go so far with nutrition and supplementation. Clearly, um, so so the other thing of course for me again you know the meditation was something that I was finding was beneficial for me uh, the me time generally lowering the levels of cortisol can help with this anxiety uh, propensity for anxiety around this time can't it and what about um, nourishing the brain with oils because uh, obviously the um, the neurons are myelinated which is a fatty substance Mm -hmm. And so from a nourishment point of view, it, isn't it that we should be having, um, you know, the fatty fish and the... Uh... Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it, it's quite an interesting subject because um, I, one of the videos I did was the um, seven fatty foods you should be eating during the menopause. Oh, okay. And it was, we were so surprised at how, how many hits it, it it was getting mm. and it's just the fact that the majority of women especially those going through the menopause now were brought up in the era where fats were bad yes yeah so a lot of these women have been um brought up thinking that they must go into a low-fat diet mm. we get to the menopause maybe there's a little bit of weight gain so women then go on low-fat low-calorie diets mm. um and the one thing you need fat for is to make hormones you oh, need yeah. fat for brain function, yeah, yeah. you need fat for your joints. Yeah. So things like your oily fish a couple of times a week can be really helpful. Um, supplements such as a fish oil supplement, you can get a, a good range. You can get combined essential fatty acid um, supplements now. For those that are vegetarian or vegan, you've got things like flaxseed oil. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yes, a, 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 some kind of oil supplement for brain function can be worth its weight in gold. And the fish oil is also good for the joints and it's yeah. also good for the skin. So you're, you're getting a nice 
um, triple benefit from taking a fish oil supplement. Yeah, I mean, I think that is uh, that is an interesting point you've raised because definitely for me, uh, who hit the menopause, uh, well, I'm officially menopausal in November, so there you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I grew up with the F plan diet and um, you know this idea of calorie restriction and and not and, and so that's that's your history. And so as soon as the menopause, you, you, you're starting to put the weight on around the middle or whatever, the, 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 the temptation, well, not only that, but obviously the, um, the diet industry is uh, vested in us, um, uh, you know, thinking that losing calories, calories is the answer to everything. When unfortunately that, you know, good sound nutrition from real whole food is is by far the best thing we can do for our bodies and our brains. Um, if, if you think about it, the hormonal changes that are going on in the body, mm. it's tremendous. And that requires an awful lot of energy and an awful lot of all the vitamins and minerals that we need. So a, a big portion of what our bodies used to have to spare are now being taken up in the menopause. So our nutritional needs go sky high at, at this point, just for us to break even sometimes. So a bit like in pregnancy, I suppose, you could think of it in that way. Yeah. It's yeah. also, if you think about it, I, I sometimes liken the menopause to the opposite of, of puberty. And when hormones are changing in teenagers, what do they do? They eat and sleep. And you yeah. think, how sensible, they're resting. And hopefully they're getting good nutrition to help with all these hormonal changes. So well, we need to do the same if we can. So this, this brings us to our next topic because teenagers are eating and sleeping and what are we doing? Gosh, we're waking up every five minutes in the night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that's exhausting. And I, I know from my own perspective, just going to bed and, and and knowing that there's no way I was going to not wake up till the morning and it was just a question of how long it was before I before I was wakened for the first time mm -hmm. and this is this is exhausting yeah they have, actually, they have found that one night of bad sleep Mm. can have a repercussion for three or four days worth of your energy and and your health mm. so if you're getting night after night poor sleep in the menopause it's going to have a dramatic effect on your ability with to withstand all the changes mm. all that's really happening is that as your estrogen falls your sleep becomes shallower which just means that you can wake up a lot quicker, no, external noises can wake you up, mm. but internal goings on as well. Oh, yeah. talk about yeah. internal goings on. <laughs> can, can wake you up. Um, so what we want to do is if we can get back to a decent night's sleep, that's going to give us more energy, we're going to feel rested, mm. and we're going to be able to face the, the day. Mm. Um, again, we have a licensed remedy called Dormiazan, which is specifically for sleep, it's drops, so you just take them about half an hour before bed. Magnesium is great for, for sleep as well, a magnesium supplement at, at tea time. Um, and there's lots of lovely calming remedies out there that, that you can get to, mm. to help with sleep. It's the usual sleep protocol as well is that don't have blue lights going, 
um, for an hour before bed, don't watch TV in, in the bedroom, you know, have it, have the bedroom for, for um, sleeping so that there's no um, other distractions. Yeah. Um, no coffee in the evening. Um, one cup of coffee, it takes your liver about eight hours to process one cup of coffee. Well, so this is what I was going to say, you know, I because a bit like you're uh, keeping the diary of symptoms and, uh, and the things that you might have either uh, ingested or experiences during your day, for instance, whether you exercised in the morning or in the evening, for instance. So um, so it, it kind of brings you back to that, but I, I definitely know that I could not have caffeine after midday yeah, if I wanted I, to, you know, uh, if I wanted to sleep at night. So never mind, not in the evening. <laughs> it was. Um, I had one lady, and all she did was cut out her after dinner cup of coffee, and her night sweats completely disappeared. So she, oh. said, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, and, and that's right. If you can, uh, if you can take simple measures and reap the benefits, then that's all to the good, isn't it? Uh, definitely. The other thing with with sleep is, especially if you're getting flushes and sweats during the night, you can get extra dehydrated. So I always recommend just a little shot glass of warm water before bed. That can help you to keep you hydrated, but it's not going to put pressure on your bladder so that you end up waking up anyway the other thing that can wake you up during i like the night, i like the fact that you put it in a shot glass yeah <laughs> we, we like that it's just it's just the right size yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is is to have a snack before bed because our blood sugar levels can go completely out of control in the menopause and a lot of women when they're waking up in the middle of the night it's hunger that, that's um, doing it but because the flight or fight has kicked in they don't feel hungry so a kind of fat um snack can can be really helpful um my favorite one not ev not everybody likes this but um my favorite is just a couple of dessert spoonfuls of full fat greek yogurt Ooh. and you get some organic cocoa powder heap teaspoon of organic cocoa powder mix them together very slowly otherwise the powder goes all over the kitchen and you have a lovely creamy chocolate mousse so the fat from the yogurt and the protein from the yogurt will keep your blood sugar stable and cocoa powder is high in magnesium so that's going to give you a lovely little hit of magnesium before so bed I'm just not sure if there's caffeine in cocoa powder, though. There, 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 there is, but there's only a tiny little bit, and you're only having a teaspoonful, so yeah. you no, should... No, I mean, I just wondered if the, if that would be a problem or not. It's, it's not normally, um, because it, it's it's well wrapped up in, in the fat, in and the therefore fat. The, okay. the, the release is, is very slow. Mm. If you don't fancy that, there may be something like an oat cake and cheese, um or one cheese, of these little... cheese dreams though then we'll be having cheese dreams well i don't know i find that cheese is the ideal snack it's, it's one of the things that, that helps me to bed yeah, yeah. well i i like what you're saying about the, the fatty uh, and is that because it lasts longer or it's just and, and i mean this is why going on low fat diets in the menopause really don't help because your blood sugars just go all over the place so fat will keep your blood sugars a lot more stable for for longer and right. um, you add it in with protein then you just get this lovely um, little mix 
I, um, I suppose this yeah this is a this is a you know the, the healthy fats is definitely a topic for discussion yes. isn't it you know the the avocados and the nuts and the um the oily fish and yes. all of that virgin olive oil and, and the, the coconut ones as well so yeah yeah um, yes um one more interesting fact about sleep is if you wake up between 1 a.m and 3 a.m yeah. This is what's called liver time. So this is when your liver is at its busiest and the, the energy that the liver is, is using at that particular point to process things that have gone on during the day can very often wake you up. So if you wake up every night between those times, it just may mean that you need to give your liver a little bit of a, uh, a rest or a little bit of a, a kind of detox. And that can very often help with sleep as well. Ooh, so you talk about a liver detox is that is that something you could talk us through what that might involve yeah it's 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 not I mean, you can get liver detoxes where you know I wouldn't survive five minutes so we're looking at gen very gentle things so you're looking at maybe a week where you're trying to cut out as much caffeine as you can you're drinking plenty of water to help the, the liver process everything lots of of fresh foods um dairy and a lot of protein maybe keep to a minimum so you're just allowing the liver to to work well but without a lot of of um energy being used up and very often just doing that for a, a week or two can can make a, a lot of difference you can also look at herbs such as dandelion is a um a dandelion root or a, a combination of the root and the, the leaf is a nice one um, globe artichoke is another herb that can be used to help to support liver function and what, what if you just add women, the artichoke is that you the could the, the problem with artichokes is that they can be quite windy so that would oh, be yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> if you started eating them every day that there might there might be a, a, a oh, slight with you yeah so but a supplement wouldn't have that effect is what no it, it yeah. tends to, oh. to work better so. but dandelion we can get that in herbal tea can't we would that be the tea only works for the kidneys because the dandelion leaf works for the kidneys and dandelion root works for um for the uh, for the liver oh. um you can get dandelion coffee root so if, if you wanted to substitute caffeine for something oh. else um, that there is a company that does um dandelion root and that Again, you can have that as a, as, as a drink. So um, there's a lot of nice things that you can do just to support liver function. And liver, a sluggish liver will affect your energy, will affect brain function, will affect your digestion in the menopause. Mm. So doing a little um, bit of TLC, maybe once every six months can be really helpful. And so I, I suppose we have to mention alcohol in that context. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, a lot of women find in the menopause that for some that they can't tolerate it anymore mm. and again it's just that the, the body's going yes the body's going i can't cope with this anymore mm. um so yes it, it's good to to decrease it if you can one of the things we do find is though your whole system can become much more sensitive to chemicals mm. and oh the, the sulfites yeah the cheaper wines mm. tend to so all I will say to women is I'm not one of these people that says don't do this or that because I wouldn't do it myself I, I, you know you, you have to have some pleasure going through the menopause 
Um, if you are going to have alcohol, then make sure it's really good quality. Don't overdo it. Mm. Have it after you've eaten. Don't have it on an empty stomach because it will be it will hit your system and that will hit the adrenals as well. Mm. Um, um, go for good quality wine, organic wine, organic spirits, um, because they will have less chemicals in them. And sort of buffering the alcohol with food um, can also help as well. So you can still enjoy it in moderation without it having too much of a negative impact yeah i think i think that's uh that's very good advice uh, good quality and and try and strive for that in in all things really if if you yeah. know less is more and um turn up the quality as well <laughs> I, I always say to if i'm doing little workshops if you have to have something bad make sure it's the best of the bad the best of the bad. The best yeah. of the bad. It's the same with, with chocolate. Cho chocolate um, is very highly, the crops are very highly sprayed as, as, as well as coffee. So if you're going to have a little treat now and again, go for the really dark chocolate, go for organic. Um, and again, it's got that little bit of magnesium in them. So a little bit of chocolate now and again, as long as you stick to one piece and not the whole bar. Um, oh, I just need really small bars. <laughs> Yes, yes. Once I've opened it, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same, unfortunately, with, with chocolate. So I, I tend not to buy it purely for if, if it's not there, I'm not tempted. Well, exactly. Yeah. So, well, on that note, thank you so much, Eileen. You are a font of knowledge, and I'm sure we're just even only still scratching the surface. Very much so. I mean, the, the amount of changes that have gone on since I've been looking into it are, are huge. And I think for yourself, doing things like this is, is fantastic because women need to know how to help themselves because that gives them the power and um, because the menopause can make women feel helpless and, and powerless. So just having a little bit of control over our own mm. environment um, and our own health can make a huge amount of difference. That, that's so right. And, with the, you know, we're not there yet. Even still after after this time, we're not there yet, are we, Eileen? There's still work to be done. There's, there's still a lot to be done. I, I think what, what I'm finding really exciting now is that business is now looking at the impact of the menopause on women. And I was listening to something the other week and 14 million working days are lost a year because women have to take time off because they feel ill during the menopause. And that's a huge amount. So there are big businesses, big corporations that are really taking this seriously. Mm. And for me, that's great because it means that women can stay at work. Mm. They can get the support they need just to help them um, cope with everything. So yes. More power yes. to the women. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so it's much. A pleasure. I've really enjoyed it as well. Thank you.